could you please pronounce your names correctly for me and give me a little bit of background about you, your profession, uh, and, and sort of what brought you here? Do you want to go first, Deborah? No, you can go, Aline. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you for pronouncing my name. Uh, so I'm Aline Goudet. I'm born and raised in France, um, but my mother is a Swedish-speaking Finn. And uh, I moved to Finland seven years ago. So I'm currently located there and uh, working and finishing my master's studies. Yeah, I'm uh, Deborah Manciolo. I come from Milan in Italy. And I'm actually uh, studying um, curatorial practices and visual cultures at the Brera Academy of Fine Arts in Milan. And I am writing my MA thesis on uh, ecologies of care so I define myself as a researcher more than a curator, actually, because I think that a curator is kind of restricting. But I am investigating what uh, I, I mean by curatorial practices. So to me, it's a practice of care. And I'm trying to investigate how care is conceived, like in feminist thinking, and trying to bring this, this uh, philosophical views into my curatorial practices. And I'm interested in ecologies, uh, ecology um, intended as a complex system. And yeah, complexity is uh, the key term here, interconnection, and also in uh, care and digital technology, I would say, yeah. All right, and you all were part of a uh, think tank entitled Post-Contemporary Divine, the relevance of art in a disrupted world. So can you give me like a little um, non-jargony explanation of what that meant, was all about? <laughs> yeah, of course. Dumb it down for me, please. I can try maybe. If yeah, need so. yeah, okay. So uh, basically, we were trying to understand uh, the role of art and art practitioners. Yeah, not just, just artists, but curators and yeah. Um, what can art do? Uh, also for society in a world which is going to collapse since disruption is this kind of like interruption of continuity. And so, um, yeah, we, we can acknowledge like different kinds of disruption in, uh, in a political, social and environmental sphere. So we have to acknowledge that uh, the crisis is ecological in this sense that comprehends like different fields of life and art can for us be like this marvelous uh, ground for experimentation to deal with the uh, uh, creative practices and to kind of uh, yeah let imagination trip to imagine new ways of coping with crisis and find new ways of living together otherwise not following this kind of monoculture of the mind. This is a quote uh, from Vandana Shiva. So yeah, to try to find new ways to think about life together in even uh, embracing this kind of trouble that is now yeah, uh, making it difficult to for life to, to thrive in a multi-species and uh, ethical way. Yeah. And do you agree with that definition? Completely, yeah. Uh, so we've approached uh, a few different strands of research. We've looked into matters of transparency, accessibility, um, but also inclusion in the arts, 
and what those mean exactly and how the, they can be approached um, and um, what kind of solutions we can uh, try to find as a group uh, in order to uh, sort of address the, these issues um, and uh, come up with more sustainable ways uh, to expand the, the arts sector um, generally. So within this this idea of all these different potent uh, problems and disruptions and stuff, like could you give me like a, a specific example of what you mean by a, a disruption or a problem or a, you know it, you know environmental issue that that can or should be y- using art in some way? Yeah, maybe I have an example. Um, I work with my cultural association. I, I'm a co-founder of this cultural association. Uh, which has worked uh, with uh, the urban landscape and the urban communities in Milan. And this uh, was a project about uh, sustainability of food and uh, yeah, um, art intertwined with ecological um, issues and practices that could uh, maybe um, find ways to... to um, to promote this vision of interconnectedness among beings, uh, human and more than humans, and we we try to to work with communities, to take communities to the outskirts of the city. So we try to bring art to the outskirts in order to create uh, um, participative actions that could foster this new relationship of uh, citizens with the um, with the outskirts and with this uh, particular reality, which is an agricultural kind of uh, cooperative and uh, cultural association, which is trying to work in this beautiful, uh, I think they have this beautiful metaphor, which is um, like to recreate the complexity of a forest. So acknowledging the importance of diversity in society and in agriculture. And I think that this can be like uh, a perfect place for art to experiment outside of white cubes. So focusing on practices more than on aesthetics and trying to really find ways to to make a change for the whole society. And yeah, dealing with communities and with uh, marginalized people. Well, for instance, uh, and I, I failed to mention, to mention that earlier, but I'm currently completing my master's uh, degree in Vika at Alto University in Finland, uh, which stands for Visual Culture, Curating and Contemporary Arts. Um, so the program itself is very oriented towards uh, this idea of multidisciplinarity, and we're highly encouraged to, for instance, take courses from, uh, from different programs. Um, and I've been working um, on the interlap of uh, art, ecology and sciences, uh, and I'm also very interested in looking into this idea of uh, communality and uh, site-specific actions and interventions and what can art do for, uh, for um, smaller uh, uh, communities. Um, and for instance, um, my, my family uh, has uh, roots that go way back to the 1600s um, in uh, Western Finland uh, on the West Coast. Uh, and uh, I've been working on a collaborative project with a friend uh, from the university uh, through which we're hoping to address certain questions of 
ecological resilience within the community itself. Um, for instance, how have they been affected by uh, recent uh, climate changes? For instance, the um, uh, rising levels of temperatures. Uh, how, how have those been uh, felt and experienced by the community uh, and also within the, the forestry industry, uh, which is quite a major player on uh, um, within Finland um, and how these changes have affected it as an industry, uh, but also uh, in its capacity to uh, to be more sustainable and to, to survive quite simply in, in the face of uh, certain changes. Um, and if we're talking about um, if, if we're talking about rising levels of temperature, these have had a very um, concrete incidence uh, on the health of forests, on uh, certain e ecosystems, uh, and they have, for instance, encouraged the uh, rapid development of uh, certain tree-eating eating insects. Uh, which have completely devastated certain uh, regions in Sweden, for instance. Uh, but this has started happening in southern Finland as well. And it's only going to get worse if we don't do anything. Uh, so this is where art can come in and play a role. Uh, and we can use the tools at, which are at our dispositions, uh, such as um, how can we... Uh, activate a sense of belonging uh, and a sense of um, recapturing um, uh, our own narrative through art, through envisioning and through imagining better futures, uh, as Deborah mentioned earlier. Well, I, and I've been hearing a lot about this whole uh, sort of like art and working together for ecological purposes. And I keep wondering, I'm like, how how can that sort of manifest itself like because i can see the theory that an that artists have a great strong interest in let's say global warming uh generally you know artists are all liberals and we believe in this and we believe in trying to do something to stop it but like I, my question would be and this is probably coming from a position of ignorance is what role can artists actually play to help this I personally, judging from my own practice, I, I truly believe that art can act as, um, first of all, a boundary spanner, which is a, a bridge builder uh, between certain societal and ecological issues and the society that is being affected by them. Uh, and as a second point, um, I, I, I know it can uh, come from a, perhaps a romantic mindset, uh, but at the same time, I do see a sort of transcendental quality to art and how it can transcend a certain moments in time and transcend history and connect us through a wider timeline. I love a good romantic idea. It's great. <laughs> and I, I'm not an artist, but um, I think that maybe uh, one such important thing is like to yeah, to help people to, to, to really imagine new possibilities. Yeah, we are in a current famine of imagination, so we really need to be in touch with new possible imaginaries. And for instance, an artist with whom I collaborate wrote a beautiful science fiction, not, not, it's not a novel, <laughs> a beautiful science fiction story. Uh, and I think that even, even if fiction in some ways 
it can yeah, connect the, the present way of being to a kind of future, not utopia. I think that, I think that the term utopia maybe is something that is a bit too abstract and we can understand the artistic practice like a process. So like translate this image into motion. So imagination in this sense, uh, but it's in Italian, so I don't, okay, sorry about this. I'm a bit tired, <laughs> a bit like I... Maybe I can pick up from here uh, just for a little bit. Because we, we've been talking a lot about um, creativity uh, in the everyday in our think tank, and cre creativity as an everyday practice. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm also very encouraging, or I, I find it very encouraging um, that the social arts in particular and um, uh, can sort of uh, reactivate a sense of people's own creative agency of, of what they can do uh, and perhaps allow them to tap into this uh, speculative imagination as Deborah mentioned um, and find new and innovative ways to think about current problems and perhaps also to consider the future uh, and better ways to live together. Um, and I think to some extent that also applies to um, or uh, multi-species relationships, how we're living with non-humans. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm personally very interested as well um, uh, in, in matters of care and, and how we can extend our own human sense of care to others, non-humans, uh, and, and uh, the bodies, um, uh, such as bodies of water, such as forests, um, and, uh, yeah, it's, um, th there's a lot to unpack there. There's probably too much to unpack there for this podcast. So we'll just sort of move forward with this. So they, the outcome of this, so like, so you have now, this is the ending of the, of the event and you all have, I assume at this point, come up with like proposals or things that you would like to do moving forward or things that you would like to encourage. Uh, so like, what are some of the outcomes of this Destructor Forum? Okay, we actually want to elaborate more on this disruption and what art can do in time of crisis. I love it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So we are actually trying to gather together and yeah kind of finding a collective that can maybe investigate on these themes for a long long time after the the forum who was the perfect uh yeah occasion for for sharing ideas and coming together to find that we have so many shared interests and we are probably going to address this kind of collaborative interspecies practices in the project that we are presenting tomorrow <laughs> i don't know if we can spoiler on something i don't know and me and Lynn are working together in this group so let's stay tuned i don't know we can spoiler something Eileen. uh maybe a little bit this podcast will not be published for at least a month so you're not spoiling anything <laughs> we are working with uh, more than human and in this sense, we are trying to, yeah, uh, thinking about climate change and about how temperatures are even rising and rising every day. We kind of want to focus on what we are going to miss. So we are used to maybe think about animals extinctions, but we are not uh, maybe accustomed to think about uh, this 
more than human uh, elemental um, extinction. So maybe working on how winter will never be the same now. And also all these bodies of water like glaciers, lakes, and everything connected to water is going to be drier and drier. So we wanted to yeah, reflect on how to mourn for the more than human and how to yeah, try to think as a more than human uh, kind of uh, identity and what we can do to, to really, um, we can say, create rituals in order to acknowledge this uh, extinction and take it as a new uh, starting point to, to really uh, understand how to live differently in more ethical ways and yet yeah, try to work with uh, local communities um, from which these uh, bodies of water are important and trying to understand their stories and share new ways of telling stories about this more than human interspecies world. Yeah, something like this. And on, on that note, I could um, I could maybe add on that by um, uh, also, yeah, really pointing out how important this sense of locality is to us um, and this idea of working very close, closely with a certain community, uh, preferably on uh, in peripheral areas, not uh, in urban centers, because um, yeah. we're really, we're very aware um, that people uh, people who live outside of the, the, the city have a strong sense of belonging to the land. Uh, but um, climate change um, as as a major event is just is so com complex. It's such a, co a complex system that it's it, it becomes too hard to grasp in its entirety. And how how can we address that as a community? How can we sort of um, rebuild our sense of understanding of what is going on and of uh, making meaning of what is going on uh, without sort of uh, <laughs> losing our mind altogether. And um, and in, in that regard, uh, I think a lot of what is happening right now is, is this um, uh, collapse of compassion, the sense that uh, there's just so much happening that we can't take any more of it. Uh, in, in the face of, of such disastrous changes. So how, how can we address that and how can we address it through art and through artistic interventions? Um, and so that's that's what we're hoping to do um, through our collaborative work, uh, which extends beyond uh, the collective itself to non-humans, uh, as Deborah said. All right. And so moving forward, as you know, you have now sort of touched on your, your collective that you want to create, what other sort of recommendations or ideas do you have for the sort of the future of this issue? Of this issue about uh, climate change and environmental issue, you're, you're pointing to this? Well, you've brought up so many issues. You, yeah, sure, you can take those. <laughs> we still don't know, maybe. I, I still don't know. I still don't know, maybe. Let's try and yeah focus on this project, and we would really like to try to uh, foster research because, for instance, in Italy is not that much a thing. I think uh, working on ecological um, oriented practices and also like in the academic world is not such a thing to 
yeah, to have uh, ecology as uh, a class. So maybe trying to, uh, yeah, uh, mm, I don't know how to put this, trying to, <laughs> to, to, to bring this kind of research, this kind of themes at the center of the academic um, life in order to try to also, um, we as a creative practitioner, um, being able to, to kind of, um, to kind of connect with people and try to, to bring to people new visions and I, I, I really don't know what to say. <laughs> I think uh, I also think that the, the general consensus within our think tank was that it's it's really hard to come up with uh, concrete uh, examples Solutions, of yeah. things that can be done. Uh, but what I'm getting to is that, and, and this this was raised uh, um, during the, the General Assembly, the fact that it's very hard to come up with very concrete solutions uh, to how um, uh, on how to develop um, the uh, the role of uh, creative practi practitioners within uh, societal issues if you're not completely agreed on what an artist really is and on what art is and what it can do. Um, so I think that's that's been a, a core issue within the, the debates we've been having um, and on simply how, how to how to frame our position as uh, creative practitioners and how to justify um, or, or existence really uh, and what we do and, and what we can offer to society. Well, those are great questions. Okay, wait, I want to take a step back. You said defining what an artist is. What did you come up with for a definition for that? Um, we haven't come up with anything so far because <laughs> it's just it's so broad. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's as complex to unpack as climate change. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, and I think because we're seeing a wind of change towards cross pollination within the arts and cultural sector, that makes it all the more difficult to pinpoint what art really is because no yeah. one can seem to come to an understanding about what 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 it actually is. Uh, and now that we're having, uh, now, now that we're seeing collaborations between artists and scientists, um, perhaps suddenly scientists are going to start thinking that, hey, maybe I'm an artist as well. Lots of scientists are artists, so I don't understand why there's necessarily this need to divide these things. But you know, everybody likes to pigeonhole people. And then maybe, like I see that uh, most of the times, art is like just understood from people outside of these fields as kind of decoration, as a kind of, yeah, just cultural heritage and something like to preserve and not something that can actually be like a practice to a thinking practice together. <laughs> it's like a way of thinking and of doing things, a, know, a form of knowledge that you can apply to everyday thing and maybe try to think through the lens of art to, it's a kind of, to me, a concrete way to, 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 to do philosophy also. I don't know then if everyone's agree, but <laughs> I think that, yeah, can be also told off like this maybe. 
Yeah, um, and I, I think uh, to some extent it also affected the, the perception of or uh, our role within um, the structura uh, because we uh, <laughs> we have a certain mindset and we have a certain approach to work which is very um, sort of um, on a case to case basis. Um, uh, and we found that this, this led to some extent to a certain degree of conflict uh, within the structure of the structura um, and how we could uh, evolve um, and develop uh, our proposals within those parameters as creative practitioners without feeling stifled by certain guidelines and certain ways of doing things which were uh, largely inspired by um, uh, by some of the core members' uh, previous experience within the European Youth Parliament. Um, it's, it's a different way to approach things, which a lot of us weren't necessarily, necessarily used to. Um, and we had to find a, a sort of common understanding as to how to approach this process. All right. I'll be honest, I'm a little bit lost at this moment. It's a good thing or it's a bad thing? Well, it's a bad thing considering I'm supposed to be running this podcast. Um, but so so in the end, at this exact moment, at the end of this, like some of the other uh, think tanks all sort of came out with recommendations and proposals and things to move forward. And it sounds like not quite as concrete with your outcomes at this point. The outcome of our work is, is relatively concrete in the sense that we have proposal, proposals, we have suggestions uh, which can be addressed to different uh, institutions and governmental bodies across Europe. Uh, but at the same time, we um, maybe the, the, what, what didn't come out clearly earlier is the fact that we, we still feel like uh, there's much more to be done. Um, yeah. and, uh, that we, we still need to, to clarify a lot of points and, and clarify our position uh, on, on the European uh, art scene. Yeah, we, we will need more time to elaborate on this because we just have a few days and, you know, we are thinking about very complex system and we we don't want like to say, okay, we, 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 came with a, we come with a solution and that is done. But we, we really need to explore this complexity more, also to learn more about us, ourselves, in order to, to then, yeah, really do propose practices uh, that can maybe lead to a change. Yeah, artistic practices that can, that can really respond to, to this crisis. Okay, and, and a, a phrase that was used in the description of the uh, think tank actually was, uh, what's the potential of art to prevent disruptions um, from affecting Europe? How, what exactly does that mean? Like, so like, how do you see the role of art in preventing disruptions? Well, I think first of all, we, uh, um, we had some trouble uh, addressing the definition of disruption of the, the word disruption itself legitimate yeah yeah because we um um i mean we realized that it has uh both a positive and a negative connotation uh in the sense that a disruption can be perceived as uh, a shock uh of a really wide amplitude but it can also be um uh an action uh which can subvert 
uh, a certain system or uh, a certain set of rules. Um, and I think that that's, <laughs> that's what we've been working with. Um, and um, yeah, yeah. to try to, to think about trouble as something that makes it possible for new like alliance and new patterns and new relationship uh, to, to, to thrive on this. Yeah, there is this beautiful term from these anthropologists, which is, who is Anna Singh, and she speaks about disturbance. And she says that uh, in an ecological system, disturbance is something that is already implied into ecological systems. But this disturbance, yeah, can like change patterns and al allow for new, for new alliance to, to burn. So um, yeah, we we can we can see disruption as a sort of tool. Like we have okay, now we have the the possibility in this kind of yeah mess that we are into to to really try to intertwine ropes in a different way and try to write down a different story and yeah we we also acknowledge this like positive kind of uh potentiality into disruption it's like a, a rupture of the canon also we you also spoke about this the rupture of the canonical way of doing things uh, so like, uh, yeah, the emergence of new possibilities different from the norm to, to emerge. It sounds like you ran into one of my biggest pet peeves in the arts industry, which is the, uh, finding a common vernacular, uh, how, how difficult it is when you're writing grants, proposals, artist statements, whatever, to find words that uh, translate well. And I don't mean translate between languages. I mean, just like from an idea to another person who is reading it or listening to it. Uh, the A common vernacular is something that kind of drives me nuts because it doesn't exist in the arts world. No, it doesn't exist, and it's but but that's also um, where the, the like the the artist, but, but or perhaps the creative practitioner in general has a role to play. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, there is this this concept of, of the boundary spanner of of, um, of being able to build bridges. Uh, it can be between between communities, between uh, pol political entities, but it can also be between um, different forms of knowledge uh, and different forms of, of addressing knowledge. Um, and one thing we did um, uh, approach uh, during our conversations was uh, this sort of um, discrepancy between uh, the scientific uh, research and uh, results that are being produced in regards to uh, climate change, of course, uh, amongst uh, other issues, um, and how these, um, uh, these are very formalized ways of thinking uh, and of producing knowledge, which aren't necessarily um, uh, accessible uh, to everybody. And in that regard, that is where role can, uh, uh, oh, sorry, art can step in uh, and perhaps facilitate um, a certain accessibility to that knowledge um, by by using the the tools that are um, um, uh, in our hands uh, and our visual skills and our uh, multisensorial skills and our perhaps our sense of care uh, and or, or sensibility and perceptivity to the world that surrounds us. 
All right. Is there anything last little bit you want to throw in before we wrap up? The seagull is trying to add something. <laughs> I know, it gives character. It's fine. It, it tells us. It tells the listener. We are into this multi-species <laughs> ecology. Yes. And so we acknowledge the seagull as well. In in a port city in Tallinn, Estonia. Yeah, I think that the city is stepping in and uh, doing an intervention during this podcast. <laughs> it's a performance. <laughs> Fabulous. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank Thanks you. to you. Before you leave, I'd like to say thank you for listening all the way to the end of the conversation. We appreciate it, and we would love it if you would share the podcast with your friends, your family, your co-workers, your studio mates, anybody with an interest in the arts and creative endeavors. The building and strengthening of the arts and creative community, not only today, but in the future, is at the core of our mission for this podcast. They can listen and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are produced by 5014, and the music was created by Pete Bybee. The Wise Fool Art Podcast is supported in part by an EEA grant from Iceland, Liechtenstein, and Norway in an effort to work together for a green, competitive, and inclusive Europe. We would also like to thank our partners Hunt Kastner in Prague, Czech Republic, and Kunstcentrene i Norge in Norway. Links to EEA grants and our partner organizations are available in the show notes or on our website, wisefoolpod.com.